Well, this morning, uh, we're going to come to the end of our series we've been doing in Matthew chapter 25. And this is also the end of the Christian year. Uh, today, is, as this Sunday is known as Christ the King Sunday, and it's the last Sunday before Advent. Uh, so Advent is next week. Next Sunday will be the first Sunday of Advent, and that's the beginning of the liturgical year. So it's the beginning of the new, the new year for, for Christians. So um, if you've uh, had a really bad year, then you can go ahead and call it quits. It's over and start again next Sunday. Uh, you, can, you can do that a little early. Um, and then the story we're going to read this morning is about the end. It's about the very end, about the end of time, uh, about the, the time when the final exam, the last judgment, when God brings everybody together. Um, C.S. Lewis says that if you know much about the theater, you realize when the author steps onto the stage, the play is over. And uh, so that's kind of what happens in this parable we're going to read this morning. Now, um, I turn my sermon title and scripture and any slides or anything we're going to use into our programming team early uh, so they can, you know, get everything fixed and put together. And then sometimes, you know, later on, like over the weekend when I'm working on my sermon and stuff, I come up with a better title and it's too late. So, uh, so this morning, the title that was printed and everything was called Sheep and Goats. But I came up with a better title as I was thinking about it this weekend. Uh, I think a better title would be The Last Reveal Party, because that's really what's happening uh, in this story that we're going to read this morning. So um, this is from the 25th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put, one, he'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed uh, by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? and go and visit you. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who were, um, who were cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick and in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whenever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. 
and they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So it's, it's all over. It's the end of time, so what's it supposed to look like? Well, Jesus says it looks like the end of a day for a shepherd. Um, and the, the, the picture he gives is one that everybody listening had seen many times. Because in Palestine, a shepherd uh, would take the goats and the sheep together, and they would graze, and then at night, he would come back and he would put the goats in a shelter um, because they didn't have wool and they, would, they needed shelter. The sheep who were covered in wool, they didn't need a shelter and besides they liked the fresh air. And so uh, when he got back, he would put the sheep in some kind of shelter and the, the she, the, or the goats in some kind of shelter and the sheep, they would stay out in, in the fresh air. And so you would see that at the end of the day, the shepherd separating the sheep and the goats. The goats going in one place, the sheep going in another. And everybody listening to Jesus, they had seen that. This was a perfectly um, normal example to them. And he says that um, you know, the goats go in the shelter, the sheep stay out, the shepherd separates them, like separating cash and checks at the end of the day. So in the story Jesus is telling, at the sunset of history... He says, we stand before God, and God will be like the shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats. God will separate us like sheep's, sheep and goats. And in the story, the sheep end up representing the people who do the right thing, and the goats end up representing the people who don't do the right thing. And I think it's important um, to note that I don't think Jesus told us this story to scare us. He told us the story to prepare us because uh, basically he's given us the final exam. He says, this is what's important. This is what you need to know. Now, I've had teachers and professors who've given me the questions to a final exam to prepare for, but Jesus gives us the question and the answers. <laughs> I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, I mean, he does everything uh, to try to help us be prepared for, um, for this final exam, this final reveal party. Uh, and the purpose of the parable is to help us prepare our lives so we'll be ready. Now notice in, in verse 34, the shepherd morphs into a king because when Jesus returns, he returns as king. And he says to those on his right, come and take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you. Well, that sounded great. Because whatever this was, Jesus has invited them. And he says, this is your inheritance. This is what you'll receive. And they were all excited about it until he said this. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Now these good folks are all uh, in a dilemma. Because imagine if you had been invited up on a stage in front of people to receive an award, and you're standing up there because you know, you've been a good citizen and you think that's what it's about. And, but the person presenting the award says, and now we're going to give this, you the award because you rescued a small child from a burning building. The problem is you didn't do that. 
And so you're sitting there thinking, what is this all about? I didn't do that. Well, I, I, and, and you would be all confused and, uh, you know, a, a little, you know, not knowing exactly what to think. And, and that's how these folks felt at first. Because Jesus said, here's your inheritance. And they were all excited. That was sounding great. And then he started saying, because I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me some. And then they started going, well, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry, Jesus, that wasn't us. We never saw you hungry. We never saw you thirsty. I mean, if we had, we would have done something. But you, you got us mistaken. It must have been someone else because we never did those things for you. And here's the key, I think, to the whole thing. You see, they just did it. They weren't expecting a reward. They didn't know it was Jesus. They just did it because that's who they were. They could not not do it. Because compassion and care and mercy was at the core of who they were. So they just did it. And to the other group, the king said, depart from me. And they were surprised too. They were even more surprised when Jesus said, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they couldn't believe their ears. You know, and they must have said something like, well, Lord, you know, we're, we're on your side. I, I mean, don't, don't you notice? We, we, don't, you know, we don't cuss or chew or do any of those things we're not supposed to do. I mean, we, we go to church uh, sometimes. and I mean, we stand up for your principles in the public square. We even vote for politicians that quote Scripture. And besides, we never saw you hungry. Or thirsty. Now, occasionally I run across some undeserving folks out there who are just trying to freeload off of me, but, but if it had been you, Lord, if it had been you, I would have done something. I never saw you in need of welcome. This welcoming strangers thing is a complicated issue, and we don't want to get into politics here, Jesus, but if I'd known it was you, we would have treated them differently. We, we would have done better. I never saw you in need of clothes. I never saw you sick. I never, if, if I had known you were going to get sick, I would have wanted a better health care system for everybody if I had known it was you. Now, people wouldn't be in prison if they didn't deserve it, Lord, but if I had known you ended up there, I, I would have checked into it, find out what happened. Whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Now, at first glance, I have to admit, the scripture sounds like uh, our eternal destiny is based on our good works. But there's too many places in the Bible that tell us that that's not the case. That it, it's, it's all based on our relationship with God. It's all about grace. It's about being loved and forgiven by God. It's, it's not about our good works, but, it, but it's about grace. Uh, it's not something we earn. It's a gift. As a matter of fact, the king says, take your inheritance. Well, an inheritance is always a gift. 
You never earn an inheritance. It's a gift. It's something given to you. So this parable is not about earning your way through good works. The parable is more about revealing the heart of a follower of God. And I want you to notice that none of these examples Jesus gave are earth-shattering. He didn't say, congratulations, you just ended world hunger. Instead, you saw somebody who was hungry, and you helped them. He didn't say, congratulations, you solved all the problems of legal and illegal immigration. Instead, you treated the foreigner with dignity. He didn't say, congratulations, you ended poverty. Instead, you help the poor to live in a world where they can provide a decent living for their family. He didn't say, congratulations, you found a cure for cancer. Instead, you visited your neighbor who was sick. And you brought those fried apple pies that you're known for, and that was really a good thing. He didn't say, congratulations, you have reformed the justice system. Instead, you work to make everyone, make sure that everyone was treated justly and fairly, regardless of the color of their skin or economic status. And you rooted for the innocent, and you did not defend or make excuses for the guilty. You know, I'm learning to leave the redemption of the world in God's hands. I'm not going to carry it around on my shoulders. And I'm not going to put it on the shoulders of politicians or good deed doers. It's really in God's hands. And you and I, we do our small part. And God does the rest. Small gestures, small acts of kindness, that's our part. And God's responsible for the effect of the sum total of all of the things we do. All of our lives have been enriched by the kindness of others. Our lives are a litany of kindness and small, small deeds that have impacted and changed our lives for the better. You know, the sheep in the parable were not out trying to change the world. And I'm sure they said things like, well, all, all I did was volunteer a couple hours a week. Now, all I did was bring a meal to my neighbor when she needed it. I mean, all I did was decide to learn the facts and, and get involved in issues of justice for, for everybody. As our friends, the Quakers, put it, a great amount of light is produced by a thousand small candles. So I'll light my candle, and you light your candle, and who knows what God will do with all the light from everybody's candle might just set the world on fire. So you see, in the end, these people were not judged for being sheep or goats. They were revealed for being sheep or goats. The king's words didn't judge them, just revealed who they were. It's less a judgment and more of a revealing. And that's the message to us, I think. Is that when all is said and done, who will we be revealed to be? What do our actions say about us? Not what we think or what we feel, but what we actually do. 
that affects the lives of other people. What do those actions reveal about us? Do we show love to others in concrete ways? They don't have to be earth-shattering. They can be small. Do we love others whether God is looking or not just because they need loved? If we don't know the answer to that question, one day we will. And Jesus told us this ahead of time so that we would have from now until then to work on who we are, who we really are. Because we get to choose who we will be revealed to be one day. We get to work on just what will be revealed about us. Amen.